Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris. We are all so grateful for you to be here tonight. Understand it's a sacrifice to devote time, but it's the best sacrifice you could give because it's a God. We have a few announcements we're going to make before we get into church tonight. Tonight is Youth Sunday, so congratulations, you made it. November 14th, this is the Ladies United Fellowship, and the sign-up for that is in the foyer. The 19th is the Crew Friends Giving, and the sign-up for that is in the foyer. And that's a, that's at 6 p.m. It's a potluck dinner. And uh, if you have any questions about that whatsoever, just contact Sister Kyron. On the 22nd is Tuesday night midweek service, so the 23rd is Wednesday, but it's the 22nd is when we will be having our midweek service due to just holiday season, and so make sure to remember that, because if you show up on the 23rd, no one will be here. You can still pray out in your car, church will not be open. <laughs> the 27th is a mission pledge deadline day, and so make sure to get all that turned in either before or on that day. And then the third is men's breakfast at the Family Life Center at 7.30 a.m. And the sign-up sheet for that is also in the foyer. So if you have any questions about that, it's in the foyer. Ask Brother Jeff as well. And then the third is also the I Serve Christmas Drive. And I'm going to have Sister Amanda come up here and make a few uh, words and announcements about that. Another sign-up sheet. Yay! (laughs) Um, But it's very exciting. I wanted to reiterate, I know a lot of you heard this this morning, but some were in Sunday school. Um, So I just wanted to reiterate what that was. It's for the whole church to be involved. No specific age group um, with Journey or crew or anything like that. So if you want to be a part of it that day from 1 to 3, we're basically just serving the community who needs a little extra help this Christmas, whether it be clothing-wise or whether it be like Christmas gifts. So um, we have already been collecting donations. If you have anything that you want to get rid of before taking to Goodwill, we will gladly take it. Me or um, Gabby, just holler at us. No obligations, but we're taking kids' clothing, adult clothing, and toys. And um, there's a sign-up sheet if you would like to help be a part of it that day. There's also a sign-up sheet if you want a shirt. The little group that we have um, started that's going to be outreach is called iServe. And I have to have those turned in tomorrow. I have to have the order turned in tomorrow. So if you want one, please write down your name and the size. And you can get with one of us about payment. They are $15. Thank you. And then the final announcement is December 7th, Jam starts back again, and that's every Wednesday night. And contact Sister Victoria King if you're interested in helping that at all. It's for our kids on Wednesday nights. That way the parents don't have to play babysitter while they're also in church. And so that is just a little help there, and it's also a great ministry. I remember being a kid loving jams. If you would, all please stand with me. I would like to mention before we get started, I'm so grateful for for the church and how active we are as a church. And and if you need any evidence of that, you can go out to the foyer and the the little table thing is filled up with sign-up sheets for something. So if you're some sort of age group, I promise you there's a sign-up sheet for you out there if you need something to do during these couple months. Very grateful for that. In Proverbs 10 and 24... It says, the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. And so when I say this, I understand I'm not, I'm not saying it to, to try and get us hyped up for church. 
Because hype fades eventually, no matter how long you can go with it, hype eventually fades. But I do believe that church is the best place for things to actually change. For things to actually be moved around and rearranged in your life or gotten rid of, church is the place for that. The atmosphere that happens in a church house, it's not exclusive to just here, but when you're here, you're in unity. You're in a cohesive unit with your brothers and your sisters. And so things happen. Moves happen. And so when it says, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted, that's not something to say, oh, whatever you want, you get it. And that's not me trying to get you hyped up, but that's me to tell you, I believe we can enter into the house of God with expectations. And I believe we can enter into the house of God with a few problems going on in our mind, but expecting it to change through the course of church. Because that's what happened when God moves. So feel free to take your liberty and worship with us tonight. And come bringing expectations that change will take place. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Amen. 
but you will do it right now something else to break i believe you'll lead me through it i believe you'll get me to it i believe that you will do it right now something physically it's it's straight up mentally and it's it's a lot of bondage and it's a lot of self-doubt which is hmm. it's a lot of question marks and I have the entitlement that I have you know being a child of God you know showing up to church and being like it's church it happens every Sunday and just as the world has also tried to desensitize us towards things like premarital sex, like allowing things that we would have never even thought was capable of just 20 years ago, they've just continued to desensitize us to where now, I was just talking about it, a TikTok you may see, you may just scroll by and you're like, that's just everyday life. When in reality, if you would have showed your grandfather that when he was a young kid, he would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, what, what, what is, that's too much. And I've almost become acclimatized to desensitizing everything in my life. That includes church. And so now the obstacles and the hoops that God had to jump through 
just two years ago in my life. Well, now he's, he's got to do, he's got to do evil can evil now. He's got to do, they've got to sing on pitch the perfect song for my mood every time for me to get a breakthrough. Matter of fact, it happened this morning in altar call. They started to sing Let It Rain, and I was like, I literally, I literally said out loud, I was like, no, that's not it. Instantly, I was rebuked, and God said, really? You're still here today living a blessed life, a free life, a life full of liberties that tons of people don't have, and you say no? And it's because if God doesn't match my life the way that I want it, it's, that's not it. That can't be it. The, the, the college that I want to go to that I didn't get in, oh, that's not my life. Then I don't want that, God. The, my job that I wanted, the promotion didn't come. Well, God, that's not me. No. And even if you're not going through hell right now, why do we have to get to the point of hell to go get in contact with God? It's supposed to be a relationship. And I'm not very experienced in those, but I can talk to a few people that are. And they'll tell you, if you only approach your wife or your husband whenever everything's hit the fan... And you're just going through the worst part. Let me tell you. Just a little foreshadowing. It's probably not going to last. Because that's not how relationships work. You can't become desensitized to your partner. Because that's not what love is. I know the world's changed love into sex. Into into making love. Into googly eyes. Into Instagram posts. I know that's what the world says love is. But real biblical love is protection and provision. And saying, I'm not loving you to get something back, but I'm loving you just because of who you are. And that's what God does for us. And he does all the hoops and he jumps through it and he jumps 40 buses just to talk to us. And we still say, no. And so I would like to, I would like for Sister Carolyn and the youth group to sing this again. Because when we say something has to change, well, you see, that's what love and mercy is. It's optional. He's not going to have a forced bride. He's not going to have someone that only approaches him on whenever hell's bad. Because that's not what a bride is. That's not what a marriage is. That's not what love is. So when we say something has to change, that's for better or for worse. If you change and you go off the deep end, so be it. He's God's going to still love you even if you want to come back. But if you say something has to change and God, I don't have to be going through hell for you to get my praise, then so be it. But something does have to change. We can't afford normal church anymore. We can't afford an end time ministries and an end time revival just to show up to church and check it off the box. It's so much more than that. And God wants so much more for us. I believe you'll lead me through it. I believe.
because how often do we do that with our prayers? I'm so guilty that every single day that I pray, it's a desensitized prayer. It's a half prayer. It's a, it's a you know, if you do it, then that's awesome. But, and my biggest worry before church was how to say these names. And I was up here and I was asking people, is this how I pronounce this name? Is, is this how I spell it? Is this how I say it? And I was talking with the sister and she told me, that some of these people on here, they're just kids. There are kids on this prayer list and they're in a hospital or there are marriages on here that are failing or there are families that are breaking. And my biggest worry was how to say these names. And so for this, just, I was thinking of what to say and the Lord was like, just pray, just pray so earnestly, just pray with such an open heart that something has to change, that something has to break. This entire song that we just sang was about him doing was about how great and amazing he was but he moved so why can't we pray like he moves why can't we pray like he knows that he provides miracles so often we pray like we're talking to a wall and he's not a wall he's the living God and my heart broke and it yearned specifically for the kid that was in the hospital on this prayer list I don't know half of these names because I'm terrible with names but they're just real people. There are such real people, and there are kids on here. 
And so as I go through this, open your hearts and open your spirits for one name or for multiple names or for a situation or for a family and pray earnestly. That's all that I ask. I don't have anything cool or wonderful to say, but prayer is so powerful and it's so important and it's so needed for a change. If we can sing that there's a change, if people can write amazing songs that there's a change, why can't we individually go inside ourselves and say, yes, Lord, you change. Yes, Lord, you move. Yes, Lord, you are strong enough that when I don't know what's happening, you do and you take care of me. So as I go through this list, please just open your hearts and pray so earnestly. First, for Brandon Booth, for Sister Renee Flowers, Nelda and Bobby Harrell, Amber Hutchins, Don Parsons, Tommy and Tamara, Michael Barnett, Creighton Shelton, for Alex Stevens, Nell Fleming, Lori Jenkins, Miller Gambery, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hodge, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, for Billy Bolton, for Vicki Sace, Nelson and Missy Miller, Brother and Sister Dickey, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Tronado, Chaplain Gibbs, and George and Mildred Pratt. And also, just to pray, I mean, we all know that tornadoes just happen. There are houses that were lost, there are lives that will forever be affected by a terrible day and terrible circumstances. And so as we go into this prayer, just pray so earnestly. And if I get done praying and you're not done praying, don't stop. The Lord doesn't put requirements on how long you can pray or what you should pray or how good it should sound. He only says, do it from your heart. Do it from inside of you and pray earnestly. So Lord, thank you so, so much, Lord. Thank you for the privileged lives that we get to live here each and every single day for this privileged church that we get to go through, Lord. Yes, Lord, we go through trials, but you are greater than our trials. Yes, we go through battles, but you overcome our battles for us, Lord. And I pray for the people kids that are in the hospital, Lord, I pray for the people that are affected by the tornadoes, Lord, because I know that you can move, Lord, and so, Lord, I pray that you move, and I praise you for moving whichever way that you choose, Lord. Lord, I pray for the people to come to the front if they need it, Lord, I pray for people searching and needing answers and needing healing and too scared to ask for it, Lord. You know so much, Lord, and I thank you so, so much, Lord. Every single little thing that you do and every grand thing that you do, you are the God within the big circumstances and the small circumstances, Lord. I'm so happy that we get to worship you, and I'm so happy to say that you are our God, Lord. You are ours, and we are yours, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just I pray that you take over, Lord, that you just take over the rest of this night, Lord.
is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me and your love to those around me. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. 
You may be seated. Give this praise team a hand. Leading God's people into his presence through worship doesn't come without battles. It doesn't come easily. It doesn't come for free, but it comes at sacrifice. It comes with a fight. But these are some kids that are ready for the fight, and they win oftentimes. And I, they are my, a lot of them aren't in here, so I, I can say this. Don't tell them. But they're my favorite band to listen to. I, uh, if I'm working, oftentimes I'll put on the worship service from Youth Sundays, and I'll listen to them sing as I work. Uh, and then I turn it off before the preaching starts. Uh, <laughs> Got to get in while I can and get out. But I'm so grateful to have a youth group like this. Give them, give, just give them a hand one more time. Let them know you love them. And I'm excited for the future of U-Turn Student Ministries. And so we're going to move. I'll be um, sensitive of your time. We'll move quickly already into the service, but so it starts off, I have a story just to kind of set, you know, the title or the mood. It's back in 2016, and I've talked about it before, but I worked at a summer camp uh, for children who had chronic illnesses. It was called Camp John Mark, and so we were, you know, during that time, we were outdoors a lot, and I worked with basically, it was a whole summer staff of all, you know, kids my age, like, you know, so I was 19 at the time, and so we were having uh, staff training, and so none of the kids were there yet, and so, but all of us, you know, college kids were there learning how to be a staff member, learning how to do the job properly, and they gave us activities to do to kind of help us bond together because we, so we could be a good team, a good unit, be close together, and so we were all on this hike going through the woods on the campgrounds, and we're going, and the path kind of gets a little narrow, not super narrow, like we kind of got in a single file line, but not strictly super, like single file, just like maybe two or three together, things like that. Well, I saw, um, was going to be a good friend of mine, but we weren't close at the time. His backpack was kind of unzipped a little bit. And so I did what any good friend would do. And I grabbed a small rock and I just dropped it in his backpack. And just said, bloop. And it was small, it was a small little light rock, so he didn't even feel it. So I was like, hmm. And so I grabbed another rock and I dropped it in there too. And I kept going and I added about two or three rocks. And then the people behind me began to see what was going on. And they thought it was funny. So then they go and they start grabbing small rocks. And they start putting it in his backpack. And then we started this game of how many rocks can we get in my friend's backpack until he notices. And it was a lot. We kept adding them. We kept adding them. And eventually he's walking. He starts kind of doing like. As he's going, and finally he catches us, but it wasn't until it had to have been close to like a pound or two of rocks that we had added in there. But if we had put a two or three pound rock, just dropped it in there, he would have felt it just like that. But it was gradual. We just, we dropped small one in there, piece by piece, little by little, and eventually what was just a small, tiny, light little rock became something that kept him from being able to walk as easily as he was walking before. And so the title of my message tonight is All the Small Things. And so let's all pray at this time. Father, I thank you for what we've already felt in this place. I thank you for your spirit and your power. 
and I believe and I expect lives to be changed tonight. I believe and I expect for your spirit to move. And I pray that you move over me, God, to allow me to minister your word exactly how you want me to. And I pray that we open up our hearts and our minds to be receiving of the word, to be good soil, God, for you to plant a seed in our heart and for us to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Let everybody say amen. So all the small things, the title of this message, and we were oftentimes in this life, we're surrounded by great big things. We're surrounded by you know, large buildings, long highways, great forests, or even an ever-expanding universe. And oftentimes we're amazed and in awe of great large objects. Not too many people take vacations to see a small creek, but they go to see the Grand Canyon. And so we are captivated by large things. We even have road trip destinations for large things. We've got the world's largest ball of twine in Kansas. We've got the world's largest fire hydrant in Anaheim, California. And we have things in our culture that we are infatuated and mesmerized by big. Even in Texas, we have a saying that's what? Everything's Texas. Here we go. And so, although big is captivating and large is eye-grabbing, something does not become great or even the world's largest without many small elements coming together to build that object. Even the Empire State Building, for example, would be nothing without the 200,000 cubic feet of Indiana limestone and granite or the 10 million bricks that come together to build this building. The, those materials, when they're isolated and they're by themselves, do not draw a crowd. They do not even draw a second glance. But when aligned together and built up, they create something that people flock to to see. And although we tend as a people to look at the big picture, it takes all the small things to make the picture up. And so whether they're good things or they're bad things in our walk with God, it's very easy for us as people who like to look at the big picture to overlook and undervalue those small things. And like my friend in the story that I told you before, if, if we're not careful and not giving proper attention to the certain small things, we can create a buildup in our lives that can hinder our ability to move forward. And so in the second chapter of the Song of Solomon, it's verse 15. I'll give you a second to pull that up. It says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. See, oftentimes the small foxes, they, they were too little and they were too short to be able to reach the grapes at the top of the vines. And so what they would begin to do is they would chew at the base of the vine until they chewed the vine in two or they would cause the vine to fall over or make it easier for the fox to pull the ground down, hindering the production of the fruit in the vineyard. And it would be easy, though, for us to look at the small little fox and look at how high up the fruits are and say, well, it's, I mean, it's, the fruit's all the way up there and the, the foxes are down here and it's just a little fox. It's just a, it's just a little, it's just a small thing. There's no way that it could actually cause damage to the fruit because it's such a, it's just a small thing. But if left unattended, if left unaddressed, if allowed to run freely throughout the vineyard, 
the seemingly innocent small fox begins to gnaw and begins to chew and begins to destroy the vine that produces fruit. And as followers of Christ, as leaders in our community, we are commanded and expected to produce fruit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And these are the things that people are going to know you by in your day-to-day. That these are the things that Scripture says that people, they will know you, you will know them by their fruits. This is because you always hear that saying, people may not remember what you said, but how you made them feel. And that's because the fruits of your spirit make a greater and a deeper impact on those around you than your words ever will. And when you're a fruitful Christian and you're producing good fruit, your coworkers, your classmates, your family will experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. But if your spirit is unhealthy and producing bad fruit, it will be the opposite effect. And Matthew 5, 16 says, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What does Father mean? Source. You've been listening on Sunday mornings. If you've listened to Pastor for any length of time, you will know that Father means source, meaning if we're producing fruit, producing our good works, the source of that is God. But when your spirit is withered and it's weak and it's toxic and it's damaged and it produces bad fruit and in doing that it glorifies the father of that fruit. The source of that fruit being the enemy, being the adversary, being Satan. And none of us plan to produce bad fruit. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, I want to be a bad tree today. I want to produce bad fruit today. I want to make it. Who am I going to make mad today? And who's, who's going, no one is saying that, but how do we get to that point? It's not that we, we flipped into a bad tree just one day. It's not that we went from a devoted Christian one day into an atheist the next day. No, it was because of a gradual transition. It was because little by little, vine by vine, fox by fox, we allowed our source of fruit to be chewed away. And little by little, our fruits begin to wither and our joy began to dwindle and our peace begins to fade and our love for ourselves and for others becomes non-existent. And that's why the body of Christ can no longer afford to let the small things run freely in our lives. It's why we can't afford to allow the small foxes to run freely through our vineyards anymore. Because yes, it may be a small thing right now. It may not be a big deal in your life right now, but eventually... It won't be small anymore. Maybe a little sin right now, but it's not going to be a little sin forever. Maybe a little fun right now, but the fun only lasts a season. And before you realize what's happened, you've become surrounded and trapped by the, the sin that used to just be a little fox. And you see the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. We know this. We've been taught this. We've memorized it. We've, we've chanted it before. We, do all, we know all these things. We know that he comes to do it, but he still gets us because he doesn't try to do it in one day. Very rarely will the enemy try to do that in one day, but he will spread it out over a period of time so you do not even realize what's happening, that the enemy will chip away 
piece by piece until you have lost everything and have nothing else to give, chipping away at convictions, chipping away at boundaries until you no longer stand for what you used to stand for, leaving you in a state of confusion and a lack of identity that you do not, you don't even know what hit you. And so a red flag in your walk with God and a good indicator if there are small things at work is if you have less convictions than you did before. Now, I'm, not, I'm not talking about UPCI standards. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about personal convictions, firm beliefs, things that you stand by. And if you are growing in grace and in knowledge, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, you will continually develop new convictions day by day and new standards for your life. Because as we grow closer to God and step by step, we get closer to him, less and less of the world is able to come with us. Less and less of our flesh is able to go with us as we grow closer to God. And, but if you're not careful, when we have to be careful, when we have to assess our spirit is when we begin to lose those convictions. When you begin to say, I don't, I don't know if I actually have, have to do that. I don't know if I really need to pray that bad. I don't know if I really need to go to church every Sunday. I don't know if I can take a few Wednesdays off because that's not, that's not a real service. Am I in, am I in your house yet? Okay. I don't know if I have to dress that certain way. I can, I can wear what I want some days. And before you know it, you have drifted further than you ever thought, ever thought you would have imagined. Because, and this is an illustration that a pastor has shown me. So if you like it, give him the credit. If you don't like it, blame him. But A and B, the letters A and B are so close together. Like they're, they're literally next to each other. And so the distance between A and B is not far. So to go from A to B, that's nothing. To go from B to C, they're, they're just as close. So, they, so that's nothing at all either. C to D, the same thing. But before you know it, eventually when you get to the letter Z and you look over at A, you've gone so far. Because little by little, little step by little step, all the small things, they were just little at the time. They were just little convictions that you let fall. They were just little things that you stopped doing. But as they continue to accumulate, as they continue to build up, as the sins begin to pile up in your life, you look and you're at the letter Z and you're trying to figure out how you even got so far away from A because it used to be so close. It's because all the small things brought you further than you ever thought that you could get. And some of us are right there tonight. They're thinking, how can I get so far away? How did this happen? It's the small things. That's why holding on and protecting our convictions protects us and it insulates us from the volatile and constantly changing spiritual climate of the world. You see, separation, oftentimes we think that means isolation, that we have to become a hermit and we have to never talk to anybody again to live a separated life. We have to go off and not talk to people and not do all things because we're separated. No, separation does not mean isolation. It means insulation. It means the things that you do that the world doesn't do and the things you don't do that the world does begins to build a barrier around you. Build a barrier of protection around your life that insulates you so your spiritual content stays hot while the world grows cold. So then you're able to go out into the world just like a cup of hot coffee in a mug and remain warm while the world is cold on the outside because you're not moving with the volatile environmental elements, but you're staying, remaining calm because you are separated by the word, separated by your convictions 
and it creates that protective barrier. There is a quote by Alexander Hamilton that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. We have to make up in our mind that we are going to protect the small convictions, that we're going to protect the small things, that we're not going to lower the value of the small things, good or bad, because they are able to build and able to accumulate. And one person who understands this, we find him in 1 Samuel, it's David. That he protected the small things because he understood the importance and the value of small things. And what's happening in this story here is David has gone out to the valley and Goliath is taunting God's people and David is determined to go fight him, and Saul is saying, listen, he's been battling since he was a boy, and you're just a boy. You, there's no, you can't do that. You're just, you're too young. You can't fight this battle. And what David says to him is, listen, he says, your servant was tending his father's sheep. I was out there. I was tending my father's sheep, and a lion and a bear came and took one of the sheep from the flock. And I went out after it and attacked it. And I rescued the sheep from its mouth. There's some tough guys in here. I don't know how tough you'd be if, if, if a lion or a bear came and snatched one of your sheep. We'll even just change it from sheep, a dog. Who's got, who's, who has a dog here? Who's got a dog? Lee, you got one? All right, because so, you're a tough dude. Now a lion comes and grabs your What's the dog's name? Charlie. Snatches Charlie. Are you going after it? Charlie's gone. All right, because listen, it is 100% easier to not go after the line. You just don't. Like, it is 100% easier to not go after the bear. It's a sheep. There's how many, who knows how many sheep there were? Who would even notice that one sheep is gone? Just, that's not my problem anymore. That sheep is gone. But what David understood that is if he let that lion and that bear take the one sheep today, You're with me. He's going to come back tomorrow when he's hungry again. And the next day he's going to come back. And the next day he's going to come back until eventually that one sheep has turned into the entire flock. And the entire flock is devoured and it is slaughtered. And some of us in here today are wondering how we even allowed ourselves to get in the situation that we are in. How did we allow the enemy to steal all of these things from us? It's because we allowed one sheep to be taken. We allow just our, just our daily prayer life to be taken. We allow just our daily reading to be taken. We've allowed just these small things to be taken. We thought, it's, but it's just one. It's, it's not a big deal. I can miss one service. I can, I can stop doing this, but eventually the enemy is not going to stop until everything is gone because he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's time that we stop allowing the small foxes run free. In our life, it's time that we stop allowing the enemy to take just the one sheep. It's time, though, that we clean house and we go through, we take the time to go through our life to go with the power of the blood and we clean the vineyard and we cleanse our hearts of the small things that are killing us and our fruit. I know that TV show isn't isn't good, but it's just a, it's just a, it's just one show. And I know that my music that I listen to isn't great, but it's just it's just a song. I know there's places that I shouldn't go that I go, but it's just one or two days a week, and those are just small things. But if it keeps taking away your joy and your peace, it is no longer a small thing anymore. 
And I'm here to try, maybe if you're too far gone and you feel like you've been wrapped up in that sin, I'm letting you know that God is here to bring you back. And if, if you're allowing small things today to be taken, I'm encouraging you to stop where you are and to begin to protect the small things like David did and to chase down the adversary and take back the sheep that the enemy has taken from you. And Jesus is here tonight with an outstretched hand saying, if you repent of all the small things, I'm ready to be your everything. That nobody has to walk out of here tonight without spiritual freedom. That if you have felt in the back of your mind that you haven't been bearing any fruit in a while, that but you can't quite put a finger on what went wrong. And maybe as I've been preaching, you've already begun to feel small things coming to your mind and you already begin to know the things that need to be cleansed from your life. That is conviction not to condemn you. That's the difference. I used to grow up thinking conviction is a bad thing. Whenever I would, I'll be in church services and I would feel conviction and my immediate response is to run from it and to leave because I don't want to feel bad in church. I don't want to feel bad in this church service, but conviction is not condemnation, meaning that, the, that you're going to end up where you're feeling bad at. But what conviction is saying is, hey, this is what, if you change this, there's hope. If you change this, there is victory. Listen, there is a conviction in your life that's been brought up tonight saying, if you address this tonight, your tomorrow is going to be greater. That there's things that are hindering your life today that don't have to be there when you wake up in the morning. It doesn't even have to be here when you leave tonight because God is showing you the things that the enemy is trying to take from you. And is calling you to separate yourself unto Christ because victory is waiting for you tonight. But separating yourself means nothing if you don't separate yourself unto something else. That At that point, you're just in limbo. But if you're looking for more, musicians, you may come. I'm coming to a close. Everybody, you may stand. If you've been searching for peace and joy that the Bible promises, it's here tonight. It's found when the small things are gone. And when God becomes your everything. Because as a world and Sterling talked about it, that we've gotten so used to allowing small things to build up in our life. Even we talk, he even mentioned, I have it written on here, but he mentioned TikTok. It's a social media that it's just small videos that you just swipe over and over and they're just short videos. But as you watch a small, a short video and then the next video and then another small video, in another small video, the small videos accumulate into a large chunk and portion of your most valuable asset, which is your time. That we are constantly being used and desensitized to the world that knows how to take the small things from us piece by piece until we have lost everything. But God is here tonight to reverse the damage that's been done, to draw you back closer, to be able to bring you back to the place and saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for the things I allowed to build up. I'm sorry for what I've allowed to accumulate. But God, from now on, it's over. From now on, I'm not listening to what I listen to. From now on, I'm not watching what I used to watch. But God, I'm drawing myself closer to you and you're drawing yourself closer to me. And that is where my life is. That is where my victory is. That is where my redemption is. That is where my purpose is. And tonight, no one needs to leave here without freedom. Nobody needs to leave here with foxes in the vineyard. Nobody needs to leave here without that sheep back in your hand. But God is waiting on you.
These altars are open. And I ask with a sincere spirit of repentance that you begin to turn away from what's trying to pull you down, what's trying to hurt you, what's trying to hinder you. And you move forward into what God has in store for you because greater things are in store. God, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he has things for you that you couldn't even imagine if you just allow those small things to be left aside, to take off the backpack with the small rocks in it and to be able to move and to be able to leap, to be able to jump, to be able to do what you need to do because those small things aren't there anymore. So God, I pray that you help me search my heart tonight of any small thing that I've allowed to be in the vineyard, of anything I've allowed to take away my fruit, to take away my joy, to take away my peace. Because God, if it's not of you, I don't want it in my life anymore. If it doesn't glorify you, God, I don't want it anymore. But I want to be a good and a faithful servant, God. I want to produce good fruit. I want to be a positive impact on my family, on my friends, on the people I come in contact with. And I can't do that with all of the small things in my life. But God, I need you to be everything tonight. Oh